0: This is Reclaiming Yourself, brought to you with phytologyhub.com. How we overcome fears, find our inner strength, and trust ourselves. Now here's your host, Suzanne Keatley. So that's very exciting to have you here today, Rosie, because today is your hen party. It is. Later on this afternoon, and you've agreed. So you've trained for an hour, doing your strength training in your four-to-one session this morning. And now we're sitting on a Sofa in a cold room. Sorry about that. <laughs> How could you wind down better? So, you're not working today, are you? No. You're going home after this. Yep. About half nine. Yep. What's the plan? Coffee. Coffee.
1: Walk sh- the dog. Walk the dog. Then pack a series of ludicrously sequined dresses into a small bag. Excellent. <laughs> and some pyjamas. And some pyjamas and a toothbrush. And a swimming costume as well, I've been told. Oh, fabulous. But I have no idea what for or where I'm going.
0: Good. And then we've just had a chat, so there's no passport in there.
1: No passport. Um,
0: So you're, you're staying in the UK.
1: Staying in the UK, but I've been told to report to King's Cross champagne bar at three o'clock and receive further instructions <laughs> so you
0: need to leave home what about two exactly two o'clock
1: I could fit in the dog walk and some packing before then some Maybe. packing even a glass of champagne yeah. before <laughs> yeah. while you're packing yeah well thank you very much there aren't many gyms that give you're you welcome. a bottle of champagne to say congratulations on your head do at your wedding so thank you this is a special place oh when is your wedding again the 22nd of April oh yes okay in the final furlong. So what, about a month? Yeah. yeah, About a month. You're all set? No, no, we're close. <laughs> I mean, actually, that's not fair. We've done quite a lot of the big stuff. All the big stuff is there. It's just the little stuff, you know, the finalising the exactly who wants what for their hair and makeup. I've got my wedding band needs to come back yet, which has been resized, all that kind of stuff. But all the big stuff is there. And ultimately what I keep saying, because Wedmin is stressful, and there are definitely some people that said to me, oh, are you having the best time of your life? Is this really magical? And uh, I hope you're enjoying every minute of the Wedmin. And I was like, no, this is a type of It is
0: really stressful. It's a job on top of a job. I've got a bloodshot eye by the end of my uh, on the morning of the wedding I came out oh, looked in the mirror and I had like a complete one of those you know the way yeah like blood all the way across the oh middle my I was going, great <laughs> lovely stress life has changed pretty drastically in the last what two years it you know? has it has. So you joined us. Uh, we did our consultation, didn't we? So we've just looked, actually. We've cheated in <laughs> July I 2021. Haven't, haven't we have words. you f- had you for longer and we worked out you've done about over 70 hours of strength training with us. So, yeah, tell us about the journey. Tell us about life. What was life like before you came along for a consultation? Why did you come?
1: I came for not a terribly brilliant I mean I came for a good reason but I wasn't in a good place when I first uh, sat down and had a consultation with you definitely fitness and health wasn't part of my life and I knew it wasn't I've always had big boobs I've had asthma I've had all the things that make it a bit hard when you're at school to really enjoy exercise and on top of that it was it was 2021 so we were a year into the pandemic and lockdowns and I had piled on quite a lot of weight.
0: Can I ask about, um, sorry, did you enjoy sport and exercise as a teenager then?
1: As a teenager, I always had a slightly difficult relationship with it because it wasn't I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I didn't enjoy running and I found out latterly that running outside triggers my asthma. But I only found this out very latterly, having been forced around multiple cold playing fields. And, and if you've thinking... got boobs
0: as a teenager as well yeah, and trying to run, unless you've got an excellent bra.
1: Yeah, I was in there with my double F's before I was 15. So oh, wow, okay. it does make it, you do feel self-conscious as well. You feel really self-conscious. So that would, that would have played out in... Just game
0: sports or trampolining and all of that kind of stuff, if ever, yeah.
1: Which I actually like because I've always been quite flexible. And again, I think it's all changed for girls at school now. But if someone had told me about yoga and Pilates when I was that age, I think I would have felt a lot more comfortable. But I could do it. I think the frustrating thing was my school would often pick sports teams and I would be on a broader squad and I would never be chosen for anything. I was the girl that was on the back. I had to turn up for the training, I'd sit there in the cold on a bench, never selected. Cuz I wasn't bad enough, but I wasn't that good either. Feeling a bit self-conscious, feeling a bit asthmatic, like I could do it but I wasn't doing very well. And that's I know lots of girls and women struggle with. If I'm going to do something, it's got to be perfect or so I'd rather not do it at all. So I think I got into that headset that well I can't do it perfectly, so I'd rather not do it at all.
0: Yeah. And they got it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> let's just let's just say it, we all kind of I, get, I guess that know that right that yeah yeah some schools and some departments and PE they got mm-hmm. it right but there were many many, many that, that got that it didn't. wrong
1: yeah. And again, I mentioned yoga and Pilates simply because at that age, I knew I was flexible, but I felt a bit body conscious. But strength training, can you imagine if they did strength training in schools?
0: Imagine if you did Pilates, yoga and strength training for you would have been...
1: It would have been amazing. Yeah. I and would you have would have kicked
0: a... ass at everything else because you wouldn't have given a crap.
1: Totally <laughs> this. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, like, so swing back years later years to later,
0: 2021,
1: yeah. So, yeah, I'd been sitting at home, not doing very much in quite a stressful job, feeling really miserable. I'd also had quite a traumatic thing that had happened to me a couple of months before and I think I should probably say because it's important for this story that I'm going to tell you guys that I should put a bit of a trigger warning because for some women this is really tough to talk about and I'm going to talk a little bit about sexual assault in October 2018 I was very seriously sexually assaulted during a massage and it really altered my relationship with my body and I really want to sort of say that generally Having a massage is one of the best things you can do. I come here with Julie to have um, regular sports massages because it's a, again, Phytology Hub is such a gorgeous, safe, women friendly place. And most massage therapists are good, brilliant people, but it is an unregulated industry. And we know that bad people, particularly, unfortunately, bad men, will move into spaces where they know they can have access to women's bodies without any regulation and without really any punishment. So that's what happened to me. And it was deeply unpleasant. And then what was worse was, frankly, subsequently, the police inquiry. It was actually in the headlines quite a lot whilst I was going through it. The criminal justice system in this country is pretty broken, even for, for women when it's reporting things like rape and sexual assault. So I had uh, three and a half years between the assault and me going to court. So I went to court in December. 2021 i had this looming court date and it had been such a big part of my psychology and i knew i was going to court in december and i came in the summer thinking i have to do something for me i have to feel strong in myself because i've got this big thing that's mentally tough i've piled on the weight with a stressful job a stressful scenario going on this long long running police case and just life and lockdown so there i was like a stone heavier feeling probably the weakest I'd felt in my life and I knew I'd been doing some googling I live locally just up the road about gyms and thinking I needed to make a change and Fatality Hub just stood out as this is a safe space to go and explore and get strong but what I'd say about my kind of to bring it back to the health and fitness bit what I'd say about my journey is this is a very my journey <laughs> Your journey. my journey your quest my quest for, for health is that you're kind of catching me at a really interesting moment because even though I joined in summer 2021 do you know what it wasn't enough to get me into the really healthy habit space but it was all I could do with the energy I had at the time I didn't have energy for much more and uh, we were just before we started recording I was just joking around about how I now go training twice a week I've go cycling, I go running, I do loads of stuff. I couldn't have begun to do it then. But turning up once a week, it didn't necessarily make me load stronger, but there was a space with other women that was safe once a week. And then I got engaged shortly after uh, the court case. So brilliantly, my amazing fiancé, seemed to be my husband, proposed and put like a brilliant spin on life after all that was behind me. Had Um, you been, how long had you been together? We got together in actually uh, December 2018, which... S- sounds alarm bell <laughs> for some people because it wasn't that long after something really horrible had happened to me. But he was like a miracle. He's the best he's the best he's the best the short story is that a friend set us up and uh, very sweetly put on a whole house party because she was so convinced that we were gonna get on and I was a bit like no I don't want to get together with any men I'm doing my own yeah, thing. yeah especially in that so we, what was the gap between your the incident and meeting him two months yeah, two months yeah. really quickly but the long story is that he came for a job at the company I was working for at the time and I interviewed him for the job and I didn't give him the job I gave the job to a woman of course of course but that woman then went up to set, went on to be his, was his friend and went on to set us up. So, oh. <laughs> and she's coming on my handy today, of course. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, cool. And then, sorry, bring you back. So tw- you then you got engaged when? December of 2021. Again, so just a couple of weeks oh, after wow. the, after, well, a couple yeah. of days actually after the court case, because he, I now realise, had made the decision that he wanted us to get engaged obviously I wasn't going to be in the headspace before that massive thing that was hanging over my head but also what was brilliant is I had to take lots of time off work it's tough to explain to a lot of people that you work with every day why you've been away and having to go through something and again as I said when I was talking about trigger warnings and stuff you don't know what you're gonna bring up for someone else even by talking about what you've been through but really important to talk about it
0: for you as well right it it did you was yeah and did you manage to do that did you manage to have conversations with Um, friends family work people
1: yes and no so the brilliant thing about Andy proposing to me when he did was it gave me a new narrative it sort of put a line under that was one bit of our relationship that was one bit of my story but it's not the future mm. the future is us getting married getting a house getting he- a dog healing. Yeah. healing all that good stuff so it was brilliant like by proposing then it sounds weird but it gave me a whole new focus and a whole new bunch of stuff to focus on that was positive and something to talk to people about why were you, why were you off work for a month oh I guess you were off having an amazing time with your other half getting engaged is what people assumed if they didn't know or if I didn't feel comfortable telling them but telling people it was such a big thing in my head and again I developed PTSD as you'd expect and a lot of that actually came from the very aggressive and intrusive nature of the police inquiry mm-hmm. rather than necessarily the bad thing itself but and it, so it meant that my head was always I was on I was um they call it hyper vigilance where you're always looking around for danger or the next thing the next threat the next stress thing the next thing that's going to tell you that you're rubbish or whatever so it was in my head the whole time and I wanted to talk to people about it I've think i've tried to be quite open as well but i also wanted to as like a compulsion mm-hmm. mostly people don't want to talk about it because it is upsetting and again as i keep saying you don't know what you're bringing up and i guess people. people don't know what to say either people don't know what to say and i remember particularly when i realized i mean i could talk for hours about this stuff the levels in which the criminal justice system doesn't work for women it's un it's breathtaking we've sorry to be really brutal about this but we've basically more or less decriminalized rape in the UK I just it was like this burning injustice that I couldn't believe and again I'm a able-bodied white woman in a straight relationship in her 30s and I was absolutely at the mercy of this system and I have basically have no vulnerabilities at all in terms of like conventional social stuff if you have I have so much privilege and if I couldn't navigate this system and I didn't navigate the system it's spoiler alert I lost the court you know the guy the guy got off scot free which was, which you'd expect but you know even getting as far as a court case is really unusual in stuff like this even with serious assault where there's plenty of evidence ultimately if you're in a situation like a massage room where it's, there's no video evidence and it's just your word versus him, it's almost impossible that you're going to come out on top. So I lost the court case, which was awful. But even within that, I wasn't allowed access to mental health support in the three years. So now, technically speaking, the police, the criminal justice system will say, of course you're allowed access, of course you are. But there's no strong protection under law for your mental health notes. So and actually the End Violence Against Women and Girls Coalition has done a really great campaign on this recently. So you can Google it and find out more. But what happens is your private mental health notes, if you see a therapist, therapists take notes to help between sessions, they can all be used in the court case and they will only be used against you because they'll say look how she's weird or look how she's if you're in a a therapeutic space you ought to be able to tell everything that's on your mind and have it written down and haven't discussed but that's so open to misinterpretation Mm. and obviously courts can't wait particularly you know defense lawyers can't wait to get their hands on people's mental health notes say ah, look she also had this sexual history or this history of being insecure or this history of whatever so even in my case I hadn't gone to see a therapist but in the past, I had I'd had a very brief, very healthy millennial approach to my mental health. Something i had a bad breakup, one of my parents wasn't very well. I had a brief time with a therapist, got some support, very, very responsible, well done me. <laughs> but the end of October, so a few months before the court case, I said I didn't see any relevance in my court in those therapy notes being released to the court. And I got a phone call from the police at 1030 at night on a Saturday saying, why haven't you given us these notes? the jury are going to find out about this they're going to think you're suspicious and you're going to lose the case we d- we really think you need to give us these historic therapy notes these were from a year plus before anything had happened so again finding the energy and this i was doing this was happening whilst i was training with you guys and that's find- sometimes the fear for so many people isn't it that of getting therapy that then it is going to come back on yeah. them even in the work environment or yeah there's an amazing service called ISVA's independent sexual violence advisors they are phenomenal they deserve all the money in the world but i called my and said I'm not sure this is quite right and we probably raised a challenge and it was uh, agreed that none of my historic mental health notes should should be in front of the court because they were completely irrelevant they were about a breakup on one of my parents health it wasn't anything to do with anything and again like I said the the, the this masseuse was just a masseuse I'd never met before complete stranger it's you know there's evidence of him <laughs> you know yeah anyway I won't get into it so there it. is a
0: history there there's evidence of
1: oh there was Ever, there was evidence that he had yes there was evidence he would assaulted me yes it's really bad it's genuinely bad and I and I really through the process I have met some amazing women that have gone through it and my ISVR is incredible and victim support are incredible there's all lots lots of amazing people around but it's t- it's tough oh, there was uh, his history I don't know you don't know okay. well one thing I'll say on that as well stories is getting all very very deep and no, serious nothing. they took my phone as part of the inquiry I've never had my phone back they demanded access I mean. <laughs> Matt Hancock and Isabel Oakeshott, eat your heart out. They took my entire WhatsApp history that like anyone had ever WhatsApp, my plumber, you know, my mum, my dad, my all my exes, and examined them for anything that might prove that I was lying. God, you have to be incredibly strong to go through this. Well, they didn't take survive, his phone, did they? Not not once. So the entire court what? case was a was a the the way the court case was set up was it was a trial of me, could I be lying? Not a trial of him could he have done it that's when I say it's broken that's how it was set up you can see why I turned up looking a bit sad and, and yes saying, 100% I think I need to, I need to find a way strong. to get strong yeah to, to help you cope yeah I started training with you guys as a part of like I have to have building something. a structure that I have to get out of the house yeah, yeah I have to go and do the thing yeah have a little space that's for me and my also obviously my job was tanking mm. I was given a really terrible performance review because I had PTSD undiagnosed, of course. On the October for the trial, I was given a one out of five performance review and put on a legal footing that I might had to improve my performance or otherwise I'd be out of the company. And that was what I came back to in January. So absolutely, January 2022, probably the lowest point of my life. Apart from the fact that I'd I'd got engaged to an amazing man. Yeah, so you had that thing to just hold on to. Yeah, so I had Andy and he's amazing. Is are you still is that the same company you're in now? Yes. Yes. Because again, even during this, people have said, have you thought about moving jobs? But actually again I'd come back to this thing about what you can do with the energy that's available to you at the time. I knew I'm good. I enjoy my job. I know I'm quite good at it really. But I didn't have the energy, even at the lowest points, to be like I need to go and interview. I need to go somewhere else. I need to think about my career. All I could think about was getting another job is a job. Oh my God, it's a, massive job. a lot of energy. But getting up in the morning, being a good partner to my other half, being a good daughter to my parents, good friend to my friends, and getting dressed and going to work. And then once a week, coming to, tra- coming to train here with Julie. That was like the limits of what I could do. But if you fast forward to January 2023, 20, I feel like a completely different person. Yeah. Quite drastic.
0: Yeah. And that is that being able to be consistent and just build and build, Mm -hmm. steady, slow, and then having your network of people around you. There's definitely an inner strength there, isn't there, that that has brought you through this. I mean, that's pretty incredible.
1: Well, I mean, lots of women go through, even even worse sets of scenarios but it is the power of somewhere where you are with other women in a safe space and I think when I was before talking about my journey it's an interesting moment because I sort of was building my resilience and energy back up through 2022 and coming here every week was a big part of that but I remember feeling this big frustration that I wasn't quite I could see what I needed to do to get to the next bit And I wasn't quite there and the the gains that I was making week on week weren't big. It was still good. Without this place I'd have been doing nothing and Lord knows what that would have been like. So thank God I was turning up. And once there's a time
0: week. when you're ready, isn't yeah. there? It's like one thing, one step at a time. And then you go, Okay, what's yeah. the next what's, what's the, the next, next bit, bit of my journey? Ge- Journey, the journey. What's the next bit, and the next bit, and if that next bit is, I'm going to add in a hill walk. I'm going to add in a holiday. Or I'm going to add in another strength session, or I'm going to add in running or swimming or whatever that is. is. So this. you were at this point. So I started getting
1: brilliantly. I finally had access to a therapist. So I then and, and everybody, I had four medical people saying, "Yeah, you've had PTSD for like almost four years, darling. Yeah. No wonder you feel a bit rubbish." But again, there's such a big connection between your mind and your body. I started sorting out my head, which almost automatically started sorting out my body and vice versa. They're completely interconnected. I now come here still every Friday morning. Uh, I love it. And I have massages with Julie as well as my sessions I train once a week with my partner in another gym because we like to do it together. Obviously, no men here. It's why we love it. <laughs> but it's lovely training with him. Yeah, and we talked about that. about yeah. having that confidence to step into
0: a space like that with him. Which, you know, and just crack on with a session and be happy. I mean, that's lovely,
1: isn't it? I would never have done it before. And I I ci- Do you night, cycle? I cycle. I cycle cycling last night. What's your cycling like? What oh, it? well, I do. I'm, spin- I'm not cycling around the town because of my because of my stupid outdoor asthma, but um, indoor cycling. Brilliant. Yeah. Like a spin session? Spin, spinning, pelotoning, Brilliant. I love it. That's <laughs> did, great. Who am I? Who loves, who loves, who loves spinning? <laughs> Turns out it's me. <laughs> great. So you get a little sweat on then once a week as well? Yeah. Well, twice a week. Twice it's, a week. So I'm strength training twice a week. I'm indoor spinning twice a week. I have a, oh, this is so nerdy. Um, I put a little pedometer on when I take my dog for a walk to make sure I'm going at three miles an hour so I've got my breath up. I'm not just sauntering. Yeah. And it's all good. It all gives you the, as I kept saying to Julie week on week when I started, when it all started clicking, I was like, who knew that exercise and eating better made you feel good? It's one what a thing, surprise. It? But
0: it's the approach and it's how we get there without, because if you had said a year and a half ago, right, I'm going to spin twice a week indoors oh and God. I'm going to do two strength training. It's just way too. Uh, but yet that is sometimes, that is the expectation and not everybody has to do that much. And uh, you could no. be, you know, somebody could be doing a 10 minute on the bike or a 10 minute walk. You know, it's and it's just finding what
1: works really. Exactly the psychology that got me here was like, if I can get on the bike and I can do a five-minute warm-up cycle and then I get off, fine, I've done five minutes. But normally once you've done five minutes, you think, oh, I probably could do... A- but it's the doing
0: of it, isn't it? It's, the, it's yeah. the physical starting. And we have to make that starting something as easy and as accessible and as manageable as possible that
1: we're happy with. Completely this. And I think there's this kind of remember someone said to me there's a lot of magic in the phrase yet like I'm not doing this yet I could do but it's good it's good I think I saw it on Instagram (laughs) it's a good one it's a really good thing because once you've said yet you can do it and that's definitely how I felt like if you could do five minutes you can get there but certainly yeah this time last year if you'd said to me any of that I would have thought you were crackers
0: and you're heading off to your hen party
1: yeah bring it in with a big smile on your face
0: yeah so tell us about yeah tell us about work Uh, What do you want to know? Tell us who
1: you you work for. I work for a big tech company. Yeah, big tech company. Um, And you're a very busy human. I work in government relations for a big tech company. So that means I, I mean, the horrible word is lobbying. I'm a lobbyist. But uh, lots of people think that's a horrible word. I uh, So I apologise to anyone, again, that I'm <laughs> offended by my job. But actually, I think it's really important that you uh, have people that can explain how the world works to the people in power. But, because, again, there's, a, there's an element of your work where
0: you are trying to protect people in the society, right?
1: Yeah. A lot of my role is I work with NGOs to understand what's going on for them. And I feedback that feedback back into the company and then figure out how we can change our products, change things, make things better and then feed that back to politicians so when they're making laws, they can understand actually what's going on for the businesses that are making these products, why things might not work the way they work or, or they would do it the way they work, what's happening for the NGOs and trying to just triangulate that so that we've got a good set of laws, a good set of regulations around the internet in the UK. Yeah. So I work regularly with Refuge, with Bernardo's, the NSPCC, people like that to try and figure out
0: How to protect young people online? Vulnerable, yeah, vulnerable.
1: Yeah, the Samaritans shout. These are all amazing organisations that are having really interesting and useful thoughts about the internet.
0: And so, as part of that, you do all of that, and then you do you organise events and.
1: I also organise events. Um, I, for I that also, same company. Yeah, for that same company. I work a bit on sustainability. I work a bit on health. I've got, I have got. had a phone call yesterday with the Department of Culture, Media and Sport about the coronation, about the King's coronation and what people might be wanting from the internet from to get information about the coronation. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty broad. Excellent. That is very broad, isn't it?
0: No, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, but then, yeah, it was about six weeks ago before you started your other sesh, strength session. Yes.
1: It was a game-changing conversation, to be
0: honest. Yeah, can we talk about... Why? Yeah. Because again, I think it's this whole idea. I not moving the needle is a bit, you know. But it, again, it was taking one little thing at a time and yeah. changing it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And again, although I've just talked about how I'm like indoor cycling twice a week and walking all the time and strength training twice a week, I still feel like I'm in the, the the needle is still being changed. Like it's not fundamentally. This is this is all quite recent. I've not been doing this for months and months and months and years yet. But it's it does it does feel like it might be permanent. As I was getting my energy back. I realised I had room to do more. I wanted to lose what I was calling my misery stone. <laughs> the stone that I'd put on from stress and from overeating and from not doing anything. And I'd been coming here and getting stronger, but I hadn't got rid of the misery stone. And particularly, I'm about to stick a wedding dress on. I wanted to, I think anyone can look amazing at whatever weight. And it wasn't about weight loss necessarily aesthetically. It was because I knew that this was the weight that symbolised something to me. And I knew I needed to shift it. And I sort of said to you, I'm getting there. I'm sort of on my journey, but I don't quite know. I can't believe I keep saying the word my journey. It's so embarrassing. So cheesy. (laughs) So cheesy. (laughs) What is wrong with me? But... I just I'm not quite getting there quite enough and you were amazing You're like right let me have a quick look at your food diary let me have a quick look at your Fitbit's data quick chat and this was literally at the end of a session it was you know all of five minutes and you challenged me to do things like have you thought about just making sure you get yourself into bed at 10 o'clock at night just just try it you know just or just a little bit earlier push your bedtime forward a bit 10 o'clock is the challenge. But get a bit more sleep. and we were talking, one of the things I'm doing with my food is thinking very consciously about, you know, healthy eating and stuff, but actually also uh, a little bit of fasting. So I try and eat before, finish my eating before seven o'clock at night. And you were really good about that. And you were like, that's really interesting. You know, make sure you're fueling properly during the day. But again, having that fast is a is a really good idea, as so long as it's with good, proper food. And you just gave me these tiny little challenges and these tiny little tweaks to my schedule that could become habits
0: what how much um what what kind of difference did sleeping go to bed a little bit
1: earlier what was the impact (laughs) this is the thing i think my other half is the most grateful to you for because (laughs) (laughs) well first of all you said to me you don't even have to go to sleep just get into bed Just, just just chill out in bed for a bit and that wind down the kind of ability to have somewhere to process the day and wind down a bit and have again another little even it's a tiny little window just for you just just get into bed, just read a book properly. Again, surprise, surprise, I stopped reading because I was stressed, but finding some time to read. And then you sleep properly. You do sleep properly. What I was doing was eating at like eight o'clock at night, running around doing stuff I hadn't done during the day and then going to bed at sort of 11.30. And it turns out that's quite a stressful evening. (laughs) But then if I shifted my food a bit earlier, eight before seven, suddenly I had lots of time in the evening to unwind. I got into bed a bit earlier. It was more relaxing and guess what? Being stressed is not good for you. it's not good for your body. And being relaxed is good for your body.
0: It's so interesting, isn't it, how this like we we start to live in that stress. And it we don't start, I mean you've had a bloody traumatic few years and it's then how do we just take one little thing at a time and change it and then just get the Get the habit of it, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and it's hard. And I thought I wasn't a habit person because I'm sort of like an extrovert and I like being out all the time and my job's big and busy and broad and it has evening events in it and breakfast meetings or whatever. But actually, there's a lot of power in having a habit. I think the other... I can't believe I'm... in control. Totally. I was about to use that another that other cheesy word boundaries, like actually saying this is a boundary and setting that with yourself and being accountable to yourself. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying all of this. This is so, this is
0: so a woman. A <laughs> world <okay>. away.
1: <laughs> Accountability and boundaries. But it's true, it's real. Um, you know, once you've said actually it's important to me, that I am I've decided I want to do this thing, I do have the energy to do it, I think I'm I'm worth it, this project is worth it. Mm. I'm going to eat like this. I'm going to sleep, like, sleep like this. And it actually makes you, it's maybe more confident in my job as well, weirdly, yeah. because it's it's sort of like that power of saying no to things. And you keep saying the word energy, which I think is a big thing for a lot of people,
0: isn't it? If we can find the way to bring back a little bit of energy at a time.
1: And I really do think, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself at one stage to to feel like, why aren't I doing more? Why aren't I able to exercise twice a week? Why aren't I able to eat? Why can't I control my diet? Mm. But I think the biggest lesson that I have learned is do your best with the energy you have in the moment and build from there. Because even if you've got a tiny little bit more, spend a little t- bit more. If you don't have it, don't worry. It'll come. So with that, has has your body changed? Are you have you- Yes, ma'am. I have lost a stone <laughs> since Christmas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and,
0: and that's just through healthy... Giving yourself a bit more time, Mm. more sleep.
1: Yep. I've increased my muscle mass and lost weight as well, which is the thing that I feel really proud of. Um, So I've got stronger and slimmer. Weight loss doesn't have to be everybody's goal. It was for me simply because I knew I could see my BMI. I could see from pictures I was in a state that wasn't good for me. But uh, yeah, it's good. I've gone down uh, annoyingly half a dress size. (laughs) (laughs) But in a really healthy way, that's taken
0: taking time right taking taking yep. the time to focus on the, the important things and then the weight just happens yeah. as a result of that yeah
1: and I think one of the things that's worked for me is, is uh, and it doesn't work for everybody I know it doesn't is I've got quite into like the data so I do calorie track and I have a Fitbit which reminds me how many steps I've done and how many calories I've burned during the day and it just gives me a sense of on those days when you think oh I think I probably could do with a glass of wine well, I've got the data. That says, yeah, you probably could do with a glass of wine. <laughs> you know, you've got room. You've you've worked hard. You've, yeah, and you've got a goal. Like weddings are yeah. a massive
0: motivating goal, aren't they? And it is about can I do this in the run up to this? But then have I got it? The structures in place after that to allow me to be consistent and with my health. Do you know what and calories are not for everybody. Counting is not mm-hmm. for everybody. In fact, no. quite often it it re- increases the stress. But it's that one little tool again. That you've used to kind of make the next step and I think that's what you've done which is amazing and you've given me the credit a little bit too much earlier on about you know the conversations and the sleep and stuff but actually you've done it and you've done it because you were ready at the time to kind of make that next shift.
1: Well that's very sweet of you genuinely that conversation was game-changing and you're right counting doesn't work for everyone because it doesn't work for my partner and he doesn't get on with calorie counting at all but when I had that conversation with you I came drove home and I was all wild eyed and I was like I've just had this incredible conversation and I think we really need to have our habits in place for after the wedding as well we really need to think about how this is sustained and Andy was like you're right we do (laughs) We've both been working and really thinking about what happens yes yes the wedding fine the main thing is I'm going to get married to an amazing guy But it's like what's exciting is the rest of the rest of our lives being these new (laughs) hippy-dippy people the rest of your journey (laughs) the rest of my journey and my boundaries and my accountability and all these other awful words I've used
0: (laughs) I love it love it well Rosie thank you so much and I hope you have the best hen party I want a photograph
1: you'll get one
0: yes of the (laughs) the most awful moment um, in the next 24 hours if
1: I'm in a swimming costume I will show you I'll be flexing my my newly acquired biceps
0: absolutely 100% (laughs) Reclaiming Yourself, the podcast brought to you with FitologyHub.com. If you enjoyed the conversations, please use your podcast app to follow or subscribe for free.